Boris. Lifting Mr. Bumbletoe's hand, Elizabeth Keene placed it firmly back in his own lap. That pothole was outside Bimbleton 18 miles ago, she said. I no longer need comforting, thank you. On cue, the carriage wheel hit another pothole. Like a summer butterfly, Bumbletoe's hand rose and hovered above Elizabeth's embroidered Indian muslin daydress, the very one he had stitched himself. Beneath the muslin lay her linen petticoats and swat. His hand was flipped sideways. Oh, I do apologise, said Elizabeth, straightening her glove. I thought I saw a large, unpleasant insect. Slumping back against the leather upholstery, Bumbletoes rearranged his cravat around his high collar and tugged at the lapels of his double-breasted tailcoat. His paunch strained against the top of his breeches. Moments later, he admired the sweep of Elizabeth's neck as she leant forward to catch first sight of Lemmingham Hall. In the early morning light, she could make out ripples on the edge of a small lake in the grounds of the stately home. And there he was, as he emerged from the cold water, droplets ran down his muscular chest. His smooth, powerful thighs rippled as he straightened and looked directly towards her. I would mount him in a thrice, said Elizabeth. The dripping wet horse, fetlock deep in the lake, appeared to acknowledge the compliment by flicking its mane and then dipping its head. Ah, said Bumbletoes, touching a scented silk kerchief beneath his nostrils, I've never taken to bareback riding, and I would never trust such an animal that chooses to swim unbidden. He paused. As the new governess, you will, of course, be expected to maintain the highest standards of personal hygiene. When did you last bathe, Elizabeth? Last month, she replied. Very wise, he said. Cleanliness is one thing, obsessiveness is quite another. Their carriage passed between two stone plinths, topped by guano-splattered marble sculptures of the Duke and Duchess of Levingham. Is he a widower? asked Elizabeth. Not yet, replied Bumbletoes. Her eyes widened, revealing even more of her powder blue irises. Bumbletoes temperature soared. His apparently simple role was to accompany Miss Keene to Levingham Hall and then fit the Duke for a new full dress uniform but now he was exceedingly hot under the linen collar. Ignoring Bumbletoe's frantic dabbing of sweat on his forehead, Elizabeth asked, Is the Duchess being held against her will in a high tower while her husband behaves like a rutting rogue? Actually, said Bumbletoes, she is in Catford visiting her sickly old nanny. Wheels crunched over fine gravel. Crows cawed. Elizabeth peered. The sullen grey walls of Levingham Hall were made even bleaker by a sprawling, leafless Virginian creeper which held the stonework in a death hug. Without the vine, the walls may well have fallen onto the carriageway.
Before a liveried footman could reach for the carriage door, Elizabeth pushed it open and stepped down. Leaning forward as one, the footman, the carriage driver and Bumbletoes attempted to glimpse her stockinged ankles. A collective sigh followed her to the hall. In the doorway, with spindly arms folded and pointy chin thrust out, stood a woman of indeterminate age, dressed in the welcoming black of a mother superior. That's Mrs. Dartmoor, Bumbletoes whispered to Elizabeth as he scurried alongside her. She's a right bit. The woman moved forward. Bumbletoes held out his hand. How absolutely wonderful to see you again, Mrs. Dartmoor, he enthused. I never tire of seeing you in the same dress. She let his hand hang in the cool air while she ran two icy eyes over Elizabeth's outfit. Since you are travelling with the Levingham's tailor and dressmaker, I would have expected something more. The sudden realisation Elizabeth was wearing black leather high-heeled shoes dried up the remaining words. After a moment, Mrs. Dartmoor sniffed. While those abominations may be fashionable in the bordellos of Whitechapel, I run this hall and they are forbidden here. Elizabeth appeared puzzled. Mr. Bumbletoes assures me this style is all the rage in Mayfair. He spent an inordinate amount of time fitting them on me. Trailing behind the two women as they entered the hallway, Bumbletoes slid his hand into his tailcoat's inner pocket withdrew a small flask of Madeira and upended it into his mouth. From a far room, a deep voice combined arrogance with, even from that distance, a hint of halitosis. It called out, I say, now, who is this? Elizabeth held her breath. What would the Duke be like? What would he look like? At first glance, not traditionally handsome, she decided. The Duke was of average height, build, dress sense, and with the pasty demeanour she associated with funeral directors. Still, needs must. A job was a job. She strode to meet him. I am keen. I'll bet you are, my dear Chortled Livingham. Elizabeth Keen, governess to the gentry. "'Splendid,' said the Duke. Looping his arm around her shoulders, he steered her down the hallway. "'Now let us get you out of those wet things. "'I am bone dry and, at the right time, quite capable of disrobing myself,' Elizabeth said. "'She shook herself free. "'In the background, a flushed bumble-toes was unsteadily using the hem of a brocaded curtain to wipe his brow. The Duke let a smile crawl up the left-hand side of his face. Old Bumbletoes seems to have lost his touch. Your bodice appears uncomfortably tight for a girl who is obviously still blossoming. Allow me to loosen it a trifle. His arm shot forward. 
A moment later the right hand side of the Duke's face turned scarlet. Elizabeth's gloved hand had left a palm print that ran from ear to receding chin. Adjusting her ripped bodice, she stalked to the door. Do not dither, Mr. Bumbletoes. The man's a brute. I am tired. Let us return to Bimbleton. Join me. I wish to be in bed by nightfall. With a long sigh, Bumbletoes swooned and in an elegant faint slid to the floor. Preceding is copyright Greg Flynn, 2023.